Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Paris of Copper Beach Financial Group. Well, we have Michael and we have Chris Ruffino here today standing in for John, who is traveling as usual. Right, yes. Michael? Yes, he tends to be. It's not because he doesn't like recording these podcasts. It's just that um, he's a very busy man, even even at his uh, ripe old age. But um, <laughs> I know, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get yelled at. I, I actually think he would want to be recording the podcast as opposed to traveling. I, I, I yeah, I, I, I really, I, I, I really do. Yes, he he very much enjoys this. But but we're very happy to have Chris uh, with us here today. Uh, thanks again, there, Chris, for being a part and filling in. Hopefully we'll be doing more of these in the future, or maybe with all three of us in the same room. That'll be nice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. It's great to be on the podcast and I don't think I can ever replace John, but it's happy to, I'm happy to, <laughs> to be on it. So, all right. So we're going to talk today uh, when, when Chris and I were talking about kind of topics to discuss. Um, we both thought that Having a topic, we, we, we've talked a lot, my father and I have talked a lot on the podcast about estate planning and the importance of that. And we've touched on estate planning for younger people, but I think that when Chris and I were talking today, we, we both thought that we haven't really had a, an, an episode, let's say, dedicated to that. And, and you know, there's a lot of listeners that are younger, starting families, and maybe don't have an estate plan in place. They should have one in place. So we're, we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that today. Chris is going to have a lot of input in addition to myself here, but that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I absolutely. Joining Copper Beach, we just are very estate focused and it's really a lot, but for you know clients across the wealth spectrum that might be a bit younger, you know, why is it important for them to be thinking about estate planning in, you know, let's say their thirties? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get into, well, particularly if I always say with younger families that, that we're working with, if those, if they have a child, let's say you're married and you have a child, the, the most important thing, the reason why you should have an estate plan is, is guardianship. And what a lot of people maybe don't know is that if something happens to you and your spouse and you have children and they're under the age of being an adult, you need to have somebody that gets appointed to raise them until they reach adulthood. And if you do not spell that out within your will and 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 have that really laid out clearly, it re basically reverts back to the courts making those decisions. And oftentimes, that's probably not a very good result. You have maybe in-laws from either side of the family that have to come in there and you know, maybe one side of the family is arguing they should be able to take over that guardianship and the other side's arguing. And so it can create a, a fairly messy situation. And so the most important thing is, is that, is that guardianship issue, because that should be very clearly spelled out in your will. Uh, so I know when we were talking, you know, about some families working with that are younger, that was a, a pretty common theme that we saw. And we wanted to kind of relay, relay that here as well. So sure. Yeah, besides that guardianship though, you know, if I'm 
I'm just starting a family, you know, ha- have a child, you know, what, what else do I need to do for estate planning? Well, I think that we talk a lot about trusts. That's okay. a big one. Um, asset protection is a theme that we've talked a lot about on this podcast. Challenge with younger families. I went through this with with my own documents in, in terms of when, when my wife and I were doing our documents after we had our first daughter. Well, we actually did ours before we had kids. So we'll get into that in a second. But <laughs> when we had kids, we had to go through that guardianship conversation. We started talking about how we wanted to have our assets, you know, be left for our kids. And the challenge for younger families is, you know, when your kids are so young, you don't really know how they're going to be when, you know, they turn 18 as an example, or become an adult. And it, it got, again, God forbid you pass away early in your life when you have younger children, you're not going to be here to be able to guide them through that process. And so, Asset protection of your assets becomes, I think, more important from a, a different perspective than perhaps many of our listeners have have gathered from prior podcasts. Because a lot of times we're talking about working with families that have a lot of financial capital, a lot of assets, and asset protection is still very important there, but for a different reason. With this conversation, you might just be starting out. You might not have really accumulated a lot of that financial capital. However, you're still in a situation where your children might not be capable of handling those funds when they turn 18. So that's where trusts come in because you can leave your assets in trust for your children that when they reach the age of majority, there's there's still a trustee appointed to make sure that those assets are properly managed for them until such time as perhaps they reach a certain age or if you've listened to prior podcasts, maybe the trust never ends. That's actually how our trust works right now is that the trustee that we've appointed has full discretion to keep assets in trust or to make distributions. But the idea is we are not sure who our kids are going to turn out to be. We think they're going to turn out to be great kids. But if God forbid something happens to us, we at least have that protection in place. Right. So Michael, you're talking about trust distribution rules, right? So, you know, I, I created this wealth you know, I want to give it to my children. Maybe they are too young to handle it. And I want to put rules around how they can access this wealth. I kind of want to take a step back though, too, which one of the things that I've learned, you know, being here at Copper Beach is that we want to begin to have a foundation to create wealth. And I believe that a trust is that foundation, right? It gives you an organization mm-hmm. and a vehicle to be able to create wealth in, to be able yep. to pass it to next, some to to the next generation, and sometimes beyond. So, what are, what are your thoughts, kind of, around that? Well, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we often talk about using trusts as a, as an estate bank is the term that we've used quite a, a bit on the podcast. And and I don't know if this is exactly where you were going, but it's I think a similar theme is that these these vehicles, trust vehicles, can become a We like to call it a box, really, where assets are held and owned, but it's a management tool first and foremost as well, because this trustee term is the term that I I used uh, a little bit earlier. The trustee is the person or party that you appoint to manage those the assets that are held in the trust. They have a legal fiduciary responsibility to enforce the terms of whatever trust that you that you put in place for you. In this case, talking about your kids. And so it becomes a really centralized, again, box to be able to to handle all of that and maybe have a professional manager or somebody that has a little bit more financial acumen to be able to help your kids as they 
as they mature and as they grow. Mm-hmm. And we talk a, a lot about you know wealth being created and lost across generations. This shirt sleeves, this shirt sleeves proverb, right? Meaning you know one one generation creates the wealth. The second generation kind of spends the wealth and the third generation is left without any wealth and has to recreate it. Right. Yeah. You know, what are some of the, you know, I don't want to say like liabilities, but what are some of, um, you know, the protection aspects that, that a trust can help a family, you know, begin to create wealth mm-hmm. and, and distribute it? Well, again, the, the trust, when you, when you go through this process and you create a, a really a will or a trust, you're going to lay out part of the help, the help the attorney will will guide you through or or we will help guide you through if you're working with us is is to be able to outline what the terms of that trust say and you're going to decide what you want to have happen it's really your plan it's not our plan it's going to be your plan and how you you know what your philosophy is around how you you want these assets to be managed for your children and so you can be more restrictive for that and restrictive in a, in a good way or you could be less restrictive and so you're going to set the parameters around how you can do that or how those assets are are used for your kids. So when they turn age 18, as an example, and they want to go to college, you can have specific provisions in that document about how those assets should be used to help that higher education goal that your children have, right? Or maybe they want to start a business somewhere when they you know, get a little bit older. You can lay all of that out and 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 if you even going to combine it with some of the legacy letter stuff that we've talked about too i mean all of these different um documents play a really key role but that's how trusts really operate is to again set parameters and set guidelines that you decide on about how you want your assets managed for future generations because to your point this shirt sleeves the shirt sleeves proverb is something that's happens really throughout all history in all different cultures and it's not to say that trusts are the or not having a trust is the main reason why that happens, but it's a contributing factor for sure because there's not enough um, asset protection perhaps for those for the next generation in terms of being able to manage those assets effectively. Yeah. So we you know we're talking a little bit about distribution, but you know. Give me an example of, and I, I just hear the word throughout my career, probate, right? And then I always think probate equals public, right? Yep. So how can you know a trust or a will and a trust, right, help you know a family keep things private? Yeah, and and that's a we we I think we had a, a whole podcast. It's been a few years probably since we recorded that podcast. As you know, is I think it was called "Is Your State Plan Public or Private?" and and it's a good refresher here because. Trusts are a private type of document. And what the probate process that you alluded to, Chris, is when somebody passes away, the terms of their will, and they only have a will, and I think most people understand what a, what a will is in terms of being able to do, how, lay out how you want your assets to be distributed. But they're funny legal documents in that they don't actually become legally effective until you die. So you can create as many wills as you want, really. There's you know, different states have different formalities you got to follow. But generally speaking, you can rip up a will at any point in time and redo a new one because it hasn't actually become legally effective yet until you die. But because you're not here to be able to enforce the terms of that will, there are probate courts in every county in the country that are basically set aside to make sure that the terms of your will are enforced because you're not here to enforce them yourself. And that process is public. 
So anybody can go down to the courthouse and see, you know, what the value of your what your value of your estate was, how you left assets to various children. Maybe, you know, maybe you wanted to disinherit a child that does come up. Um, and if you that was something that you wanted to do, that disinherited child now has the ability to go down to the courthouse and be able to see that they were disinherited and maybe contest that will. So a trust document in contrast to that is private. So if you have assets owned in a trust before you pass away, that trust bypasses the probate process. So it's completely private. So that is for a lot of the clients we work with. And, and since you've been here, we've we've already had a lot of conversations with some of the families that you're working with about that being an important component because a lot of people aren't aware of that. So if you have a just a will, and I will point out too, I'm getting a little technical here. A lot of people think that if they have a or if they have trust language within their will, that's called a testamentary trust that doesn't actually avoid probate. You have to have a standalone, either revocable living trust or an irrevocable trust, but you have to have a standalone document in order to avoid probate. And you have to have assets owned in that trust when you, when you pass away in order to avoid probate. So again, talk to your legal advisors about this, make sure that you've got hopefully everything set up properly. But that was a kind of a long-winded answer to your question there, Chris, but that's uh, hopefully was a good answer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, privacy is so important. Just think about the spam phone calls that you get, the spam emails that you get. Think about what information that you would be putting out there, you know, if you were to pass away, you know, in your will, what assets you might own. Whatever you own is going to go to a court and it and the it, the court's going to decide where it goes, but it's also going to be become private of who's going to get it, right? So think about, I mean, I don't know about you, but like half of my family has had their Facebook accounts taken over, yeah. right? Like the information out there can be used as a weapon against you. And a trust is really a vehicle to protect, you know, your information more than anything. And and I think that's pretty critical in, in this day and age. Yeah, I think that... Um... The other thing that comes up is is our probate courts are what we call they're called courts of equity and that means courts of fairness and they have a lot of latitude to be able to change your will now they they will go through every chance they can to be able to make sure that the terms of your will that you draft are are enforced properly but when you get into certain instances of like uh people contesting the will or maybe you have a will that was drafted um uh 20 years before you you pass away and then the new will maybe wasn't done properly you create these situations where there's a lot of gray area that a that a court a probate court is trying to figure out how to get to the the quote unquote right answer that's when you have a will contest now you've got two people that are contesting the, this will saying probably very different things and the courts are trying to figure out how to do that they have wide latitude to make decisions so i've uh, i've had family members that extended family members that have not had things set up properly and the courts have come in and invalidated a will because you know a child from a previous marriage came in and contested the new will which they argued was you know maybe done under undue influence or some other situation or duress or you know, there's a whole host of reasons why they can try to challenge a will the, the the whole idea here your question chris is that if you create a trust when you when you're alive and you put assets in that trust while you're alive it becomes private and it's much harder for somebody to claim that you didn't mean what you did 
because you did it while you were alive. You, you actually transferred title. You went through the process of creating it. And so it's a lot harder for somebody because it's private and because you did it while you were alive to challenge it. So that's, again, from an asset protection, from a privacy standpoint, these vehicles, regardless of your, let's say your net worth across, across the wealth spectrum, they they can provide value. So a lot of people think that they they don't qualify for a trust. That's, that's not true. Anybody can have one. Sure. Yeah. I, so I always hear about protection from in-laws and outlaws. So we just talked a little bit about outlaws and he touched a little bit at the end there on in-laws, but I mm-hmm. think that's the most common situation is child from a previous marriage, divorces in the future. You know, that I don't want to say it's the most common situation, but one of one of the situations where there's protection. If you can give like an example around, you know, a trust kind sure. of protecting the yeah. distribution of assets, you know, if a, a son or a child was to get remarried. Yeah, that that happens. Uh, it comes up all the time in our conversations. But when when you just keep in mind when you leave assets to a, a child, uh, and I think this again takes on a different context when we're working with younger families because again their children are so young they don't know if they're even going to get married. And so the, again, kind of keep that theme in the back of your head as we're talking here. But if you leave assets to a child outright, let's forget trusts for a second. You leave assets outright to them. Most states. Uh, New Jersey, where we are, has this law where an inheritance is excluded from a divorce decree. So if you left assets to your child and your child is married and then they have a marital separation, most states, as I said, will exclude those inherited assets from that divorce decree. The challenge comes in is if you commingle those assets together. That's that's the risk here that we're talking about. Is if you're you know you leave. I, I have two daughters. If I leave assets directly outright to my daughters, and they take the, that inherited asset and they put it in a joint checking account with with their spouse, or they use those funds to buy a vacation house together, right? And the title of the house is owned jointly. That's where you've now commingled those assets together. If there was then a marital separation. That's going to be a part of the of the divorce decree. So where trusts provide value is instead of making those distributions outright to that child, you leave it in trust for their benefit, and then you don't run the risk of that situation ever happening. I mean, uh, some families will say this: "Well, I just make sure that I keep it in my own checking account, right?" And yeah, if you keep it in your own checking account, and you never ever commingle it. Then perhaps that's that that's okay. But again, that's hard to do over a lifetime of a marriage. Sure. It's you know, what sometimes we would counsel clients is you can avoid that risk entirely by by leaving an asset and trust for their benefit. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. There's there's one other thing that I hear around here a lot is that we say our clients are stuck in the middle. And what we mean by that from a general sense at Copper Beach is that they have many different advisors and you know, might be one on you know a tax side, one on an estate side, an attorney there, an investment side, an insurance side, and you know there's not a cohesive plan. But I think you know our generation really has another stuck in the middle. You know, we're stuck in the middle between providing and and raising our children, and you know we're stuck in the middle sandwich generation where you know our parents are getting older and they're having some challenges too. When it comes to you know whether it be their health, um, things like long term care, mm-hmm. the need for skilled nursing facilities, um, can you touch a little bit on you know how trusts might you know work in that situation? Sure, I mean this is I think 
the full discussion of that topic, which is which is a great one. I'm glad you brought that up. It's it's probably beyond today's conversation, but I think it is important for as because we're kind of talking about younger families, like you mentioned, the sandwich generation. This is important, maybe not for themselves or their families or their downline generations, but for parents, it becomes really important. Is as you mentioned, long term cares irrevocable trust can play a really key role in protecting assets for upline generations, maybe for parents that um, might need long-term care in the future, or um, they might need to go into a nursing facility. And as many people know, there are a lot of, you know, those are very expensive and there's a lot of ways in which these facilities have structured how they end up getting paid for, you know, for allowing a parent to be you know, to stay there. Mm-hmm. And so irrevocable trust, if you plan ahead of time, and that's a key component here is starting early. And if you've listened to our podcast for a while, that's a general theme with planning is probably start as soon as you can, because the sooner you start, the more uh, time you have on your side to be able to do a lot of this. But if you can place assets in in certain irrevocable trust vehicles, they could be asset protected from that scenario of a, of a long-term care need in the future. Um, a lot of elder law planning uh, that gets done is about trying to make sure that assets are protected from government uh, entities that are providing governmental assistance. Maybe that's a Medicaid discussion. And there are very strict rules around how you can qualify for Medicaid and making sure that that's done ahead of time is, I mean, there are attorneys that we work with that that's a, you know 90% of what they do as their career, because again, we're, you know, the baby boomer generations getting older. There's now a lot more discussions around that topic. So I think that's a really important one, but that's at a very high level, how you can start considering using trust for that need. Sure. Yeah. Next generation families that we work with are definitely experiencing this, you know, complex situation. You know, where do they start? Where do they begin? How do they, you know, sort out how we're going to help mom? Right. And you know, that's something that Copper Beach, you know, can help with, right? We want to make sure you're not stuck in the middle. We want to be able to, you know, coordinate with all of your advisors and put together, you know, a comprehensive plan for you to grow assets tax efficiently and, you know, pass assets with governance. And, you know, that's really a part of that. Yeah. So. And and I think that, you know, we're talking about estate planning for younger families, but I'm going to go maybe in a different direction that we talked about in terms of you know, looking at the estate planning that your parents have done, we talk, kind of talked about irrevocable trust for for uh, elder law planning in terms of maybe protecting assets from governmental entity or if we need a long term care situation. But you know, a lot of times, um, this is why we do family meetings with a lot of our families, is because very often people in our situation, and I'll put throw us into that into that uh, bucket, we're younger families, younger kids, we're trying to. Uh, say for college, trying to do those types of conversations. And oftentimes we're not aware of what the our parents maybe have set up for us in terms of their planning. And that's a really important component too. So, you know, sometimes the planning that you do for your family could be influenced by some of the planning that your parents have done too. And so that generational coordination is really important as well. That's a again another maybe a, a full topic for another day, but it just popped into my head. I think that's a an important thing to consider too. If you're doing your planning, consider what what your parents have done for you too. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think it's big for the you know families in our generation to 
have a conversation with their parents and really ask them the question, you know, how do you want to be remembered? Right. Do you want to be remembered in leaving, you know, I don't want to say a mess, but you know, a problem that like our generation had to solve or, you know, do you want to have a coherent plan and organized box of your wishes yeah. that, you know, that your next generation can deal with, right. And, right. and, and understand and, and, you know, you can have your, you know, your feelings and thoughts through it cohesively in that plan. So, yeah. And that's a, you get, you mentioned the shirt sleeves proverb earlier. And another reason why that exists, many believe is because there was a, sometimes a failure to maybe coordinate the planning between the generations. Maybe the next generation wasn't prepared to inherit a lot of the complexity that mom and dad might have. They might have a lot of real estate. They might own a business they you know they have different account types and so if if you're somebody there that's you're trying to do planning for your family and you're maybe concerned about what your parents have done uh for you or, or within their planning you know maybe sit them down and talk about it because it's important for you to to your point chris to to n- kind of know what's going on because that's just going to help again make that transition easier and and uh, you know it's a traumatic event when a parent passes away in general, but you want to make sure that at least you've got have a team around you that can help manage the the financial complexity that sometimes comes along with that. And that's you know that's that's what we do, but it's also very integral to what maybe you're doing for your for your individual planning for your family. So sure. and that, I love that. How do you want to be remembered? Quote because you know it's um it's our favorite question. Yeah, see all the time. Well, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, if John, if John was here, when John's here, you know, he he can tell you lots of stories around, you know, beginning to do some planning, but didn't, you know, fully go through with it or never did any planning. And, you know, it left, you know, this, this mess, right. Or paid undue taxes or caused this stress or, you know, there, there's just numerous, you know, bad situations they can't, can yeah, do. And right. so we want to do offensive planning. I mean, we want to, we, we want to do pre, you know, get it done now. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought up the the sandwich generation because that is, you know, it's a it's a lot for people our age to juggle and and you know between raising our own children and making sure that mom and dad are taken care of, whatever that might mean, and and so you you it's 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 a challenge to make sure that all that gets done right, and you know there are resources obviously out there for people that are dealing with those situations to you know to to go to uh, Copper Beach being one of them, but. There's a lot of other ones out there too, but hopefully we're uh, we're your first choice. Absolutely. To that. <laughs> so, Michael, how can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more information? Sure, you can reach us on on social media, LinkedIn. Um, Copper Beach has a page. Chris, I know you have a page uh, as well, so you can reach out to us on there. Uh, you can reach us on our website www.cbfgllc.com. Uh, you can always call us on the phone, 856-988-8300. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. 
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC Registered Investment Advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. American Portfolios and Copper Beach Financial Group are not affiliated with any other named business entities mentioned.